0: everybody welcome back to America's Game episode number 28 I am your host Eric Vanek you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Vanek NFL and I am also joined once again by my co-host Scott Connor Scott what's going on man playoff games just happened uh last weekend what'd you think of them I was
1: a little nerve-wracking as a Bengals fan but uh live to see another game I think the next two weeks are the most exciting for playoff football. The Super Bowl is fun, but sometimes the Super Bowl kind of drags to get here. You know, unless your team is in it, then it's by time it gets here, you're like, I'm ready for the game, you know. And I think the next two weeks just have, I think, the most entertaining games, even though it's not the Super Bowl. I think it's just like the best football games because we're down to mostly good teams left, uh, but it's all you know, there's drama in every single one of the matchups. So excited for this weekend, excited for next weekend, regardless of who's playing. I think pretty much all the matchups you could put together or have some sort of intriguing storylines and, uh, yeah, grinding the dynasty content, uh, took a little bit of time away, just mental time away. Didn't like walk away from everything, but just, you know, kind of dove into some other things for a week or two, but, uh, Back to the grind, so should be a fun episode. We got a couple good topics for uh, tonight's show.
0: Yeah, man. Um, man, As far as the games, it was pretty good game. I thought like that um, Buffalo Miami that that was really exciting. Um, definitely didn't think Miami was gonna stay in it. I know my wallet didn't like it very much because I took a beating on that one, taking over on Buffalo because I didn't think Miami had any chance in hell. Uh, but Skylar Thompson, I mean. It, play like out of this world but he did decent enough for them played pretty well Josh Allen turned the ball over too many times so that didn't help that was a decent game obviously the Jaguars coming back on the Chargers that was insane um, I actually fell asleep during that game and woke up and was like oh, oh holy shit <laughs> Jaguars won so that was an interesting one Uh, Yeah, your Bengals, Ravens, that was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, But that's a division game. Like, those teams know each other pretty well. So it it wasn't, like, crazy to to expect that game to be, you know, just close scoring like it was. Dallas took Tampa Bay to the woodshed pretty much. I think that, obviously, with Tampa Bay firing a lot of guys. I think no chance Brady's back there next year. I think that's... uh, that dynasty or whatever, that team's coming apart. Uh, The Giants-Vikings game was really exciting. That was a really good back-and-forth game. Daniel Jones played his best game ever as a pro. hell of a time to do it, so that was cool. And I'm sure I'm missing one game. Oh, the Seahawks-49ers game. Um, I thought that game was pretty decent as well. Uh, Purdy, man. That's crazy what he's been doing for the last pick in the draft, I mean, he might actually put Trey Lance or whoever on the bench next year um, with how good he's played. So I think that, that's that been probably the most interesting story of the playoffs so far. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's probably five or six interesting stories. I mean, right. you mentioned Daniel Jones. I wanted to get your pulse on uh, Daniel Jones And his dynasty value before we get into our topics, because every time I hear his name, and I think a lot of people in the Heisman discord and the DD discord probably attach your name with just absolute slander of Daniel Jones. Everything that he did, every time the guy missed a throw in practice, you were on it. You know, can't hit receivers in training camp, struggling to pick up offense. It's like those tweets are getting blasted by Eric in the chat, you know, This guy's dog shit. Oh my gosh. He's not going to even make it through the season. Tyrod's going to start. Now we just had a discussion the other day in the discord. Daniel Jones, quarterback 11 in dynasty ahead of Tua, ahead of Trey Lance. Where are you at on that? Basically in lockstep with Dak Prescott, assuming he gets this mega contract extension, call it a, you know, three year, hundred million dollar deal or whatever. And the Giants continue to build weapons around him, which I assume is their plan, right? Like, I think everyone knows they need weapons, but they're already in the final eight this year. So it's like, you kind of got to buy in, and I don't see a reason they wouldn't buy into him. So, I mean, right now, like in Dynasty, I just traded for him yesterday in our 16-teamer. Gave up, I believe, 108 in the rookie draft in the 16-teamer for Daniel Jones. And... Two months ago, you would have said, I'm an idiot for giving up a 23 first for Daniel Jones. And now we're sitting here saying I'd take him over Trey Lance and Tua. So where are you at on that? Like, are you that high or I mean, where are you at? I want to hear your assessment.
0: Yeah, that that 108s for Jones. I think that's a pretty good deal for you. Um, but no, Jones, I, I admit it. I've, I've said it all year. I'm, I haven't been afraid to say he's. Um, definitely played a lot better than I ever thought he could. And he's definitely proven me wrong and made me eat a big shit burger this year. I'll gladly say it because he's played phenomenal uh, this year and definitely in the playoff game. So as far as like top, like top 12, I put him in my top 15, but he's, he's probably teetering on that like 11, 12, 13 range, but definitely top 15. I, I can get comfortable with that. Now, How about this? Would you take any of the um, 2023 quarterbacks, assuming all four of them get first-round capital, would you take any of those four over Daniel Jones, or would it be Daniel Jones over all the rookies that are coming in this year?
1: I mean, part of what I traded away with that 108 was potentially the shot at getting maybe the QB3 or QB4. You know, assuming that Bijan's going to go in the first two, three picks, probably 101 still. That is also a two tight end, tight end premium league. So I'm assuming that like someone may take Michael Mayer in the top five or six in that league, probably with how hard it is to get tight ends. He probably goes probably ahead of that 108. So I mean, I'm probably trade. I probably traded away Levis and Richardson or both potentially to get Daniel Jones there, right? Like a decent shot that one of those would have been there. Yeah. Assuming a couple picks ahead of me, didn't go, uh, didn't go quarterback. Right. Yep. I mean, just do the math. Bijan, Michael Mayer, Stroud, Bryce Young, that's eight picks right there. Cause it's a two copy. So yeah, I mean, I think you probably wouldn't take Daniel Jones over the QB one in this class, maybe the QB two in this class, but To say right now I know for sure who the QB1 and the QB2 is, I don't. It's more of like I wouldn't give up the pick that's going to get me to QB1. Like I wouldn't give up the 102 for Daniel Jones, but that's because I have now the choice to wait out and see where the quarterbacks land, and I can pick the QB1. You know what I mean? I have the flexibility to wait and see. If you're telling me it's going to go QB, 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 and I have to pick the fourth QB off the board at 105 or 106. I don't think I have a problem trading Daniel Jones for that, you know, that pick for Daniel Jones. So I think it's right in the mix. I mean, it's the same as if you put him in your top 15. Does your top 15 also include any other rookies or is that a, outside of the rookies?
0: I haven't really th- put my list together like that so far yet. So I'm not sure. I mean, it would be Stroud and Young would probably be the top two quarterbacks right now. I I don't know. A lot of people have Levis up high. A lot of people think Richardson would be the QB one if he gets the capital and all that, too. So, yeah, do you agree with
1: him? Do you agree with him over? I'll just throw out some names. Do you agree with Daniel Jones over Kenny Pickett now that Matt Canada is there? Yes. All right. Daniel Jones over Kirk Cousins? Yes. Jones over Trey Lance? Yes. And then Jones over Tua.
0: That's the one I probably have like back to back. I guess I would go Jones right now just because of the Tua's ish, uh, concussion bullshit.
1: And Don't you feel that? And, and I, I think a lot of people would go, I oh, don't know, I would still take Tua. But as soon as Jones gets his extension, then I think that debate almost becomes moot. Right.
0: I could get behind that, yeah.
1: So I think it's more of just people are worried that Jones doesn't have the long-term security, but Tua doesn't have long-term security. So what's the difference? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I kind of hope... I I like what Jones' situation is. Like, Dable and Kafka have proven they could be pretty good with quarterbacks. So, you know, from now on, like, you can trust those guys with quarterbacks. I mean, I think they've proven it, so... Um, that's just kind of what I'm, I'm feeling on those guys, honestly.
1: Yeah. They're both in the, they're in the range of Daniel Jones and Tua in a startup where they're probably the next guys off the board after the top nine or 10. So you don't really want to be the guy that takes them in like the second or the third round of the startup, but someone will. So I'd rather actually trade for Daniel Jones than take him in a startup. I don't want to take him in, you know, the top 30 picks of a startup draft. But I also think you can trade for him in leagues where you're not doing a startup and you can get him for less than what that startup price would be. So
0: I and sent a out lot- a bunch
1: of offers just trying to get him because I had zero shares. I mean, I was I was out not on purpose. I just didn't have any shares of them.
0: A lot of our leagues are point per carry, too. So that definitely gives them the bump in those leagues, too. So I like that as well.
1: Or depressed scoring leagues, you know, four point passing touchdown leagues where the running matters right. a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, he he elevates himself above some of the other pocket passers. You know, I think he elevates himself. Truthfully, if you told me that he had a, a contract extension and the Giants had a bunch of weapons, I, I honestly couldn't argue if you put Daniel Jones over Dak because Dak doesn't even run anymore. So unless Dak's throwing 30-plus touchdowns every single year and he's throwing for 4,500-plus yards, I mean, Daniel Jones had 700 yards rushing, and that was really without like a true passing. I mean, you haven't even seen probably what their offense could be. You know what I mean? It's like he could be an 800-yard rusher, and I mean, that's 80 points. I mean, you know how many touchdowns you have to pass for in like a four-point passing touchdown league to get 80 points? I mean, that's like 20 touchdowns, you know? You get a guy like Mac Jones that runs for 100 yards. I mean, Mac Jones literally has to throw another 15-plus touchdowns just to equal Daniel Jones' rushing that's all. I mean, that's a lot, you know what I mean? So I don't know. He's been one of the weirdest ones to evaluate, but I think there's still kind of a market delay on people have seen his value go up, but they haven't adjusted to the fact that he is really close to being in that elite tier of quarterbacks. And as soon as he signs, if he signs a three year, hundred million dollar deal and the giants draft a first round receiver, and then they sign another receiver, people are going to be like, this dude's legit. And I missed out, you know, I should have bought him when I could have got him for a late first or something like that. Because I think you can send a late first and still potentially get him certain leagues. So I'm going to be trying to. Yeah, do that. that's.
0: Yeah. I, a lot of our leagues were. I think that's good for the listeners. If you, you know, the 108 to 112 and you need a quarterback, go ahead and send it for Daniel Jones. I, I like that. So maybe some of yeah. our listeners can try that. See if you have some success. If you're in super flex leagues and you need a quarterback um, I mean, shit. Even if you you're getting him just as your third quarterback, like you already have, like I um, I don't know, you got a Joe Burrow and and Justin Herbert are, already, you know. Even as Daniel Jones is a third, I'd be willing to do that. So
1: the one I bought him, I have Fields and Josh Allen already. I'm just yeah. like, it's a 16 teamer. I now I have three, you know. Yep. So agree. risk averted with that draft pick, and now I have three quarterbacks to play with. So right. All right, well, that was a good discussion.
0: Yeah. Um, So I'm going to continue on with the quarterback discussion here a little bit. Uh, We did have a listener question come in, so I wanted to – bring that up he says afternoon fellas i'd like to hear your thoughts on how much is too much to pay for an elite quarterback i know you say they are by any means necessary but there's got to be a point when the package you give up hurts your roster construction so bad then that singular piece um would be worth it is that right so i'll let you um answer that one
1: yeah so you showed me the tweet and i think we both agreed this will be a good discussion and we can take this question it wasn't specified in the, the tweet, you know, what's the format, how many starters, any of the specific settings, is there a trade deadline, like none of that stuff was specified. So we're going to be kind of given a lot of different examples and caveats with this question. Uh, but it, I think it's a good exercise, because I do say all the time, I say, if you can get an elite quarterback, you really do what it takes to get them because the advantage is the fact that someone's actually willing to trade one in the first place. Because a lot of our leagues, they're not available. They just don't come available. And it's not that they're not available available, meaning like no one puts them on the trade block. No one's going, hey, I got Justin Herbert. I'm looking to trade him. Now, that doesn't mean if you went to Justin Herbert's manager and said, hey, dude, I'll give you Jamar Chase and two firsts that they wouldn't be like, hmm, OK, maybe I'll think about that, you know, but they're not actively trading them. So it's like the only way to get them is to be aggressive. So you probably have to be aggressive with the offer that is at least three firsts or something like that just for them to be like, hey, I don't really want to trade Justin Herbert, you know, like. Really, what you're trying to do is get them to a point where they say, okay, I don't want to trade Justin Herbert, but I keep bombarding Eric with offers where I'm just throwing stuff at him. Finally, you get back to me and you say, this is the price. That's what I'm looking for. 90% of the time, your price is going to be higher than I want to pay. If you're smart, a lot of our leagues are start 11, start 12, start 13. The price you're going to ask for is going to be a price that probably stings my roster more than I want to actually give to you. Four starters, you know what I mean? Like in a start 12, I don't want to trade an elite quarterback, but if you're giving me four starters for one in a start 12 or start 13, you got to kind of look at a deal like that, right? But there's no context with this question. So, you know, if this is a start nine, who cares what I have to give to you? Because really the positional advantage, if I have two of the elite, elite quarterbacks, it's a start nine, you know what I mean? If I'm beating the average team by 10 points at both quarterback spots, that's really hard to make up 20 points a game at RB2, wide receiver three, flex. You know, there's a lot of flexes and a lot of those players that are just flat. You know, we talked about that when we talked about warp. You know, there's so many. Like like the difference between me now having to start KJ Osborne or Josh Palmer and you starting Jerry Judy or Brandon Ayuk that's, that's not going anywhere close to making up the 20 point per game difference that I have at quarterback over you, right? Like I can, I can throw those guys in cause they're not that hard to get that type of player. So start nine. Yeah. There, there really isn't a price that you wouldn't pay shy of defeating your roster construction so badly that you have no outs in the future. You know, like I, what I don't want to do is I don't want to trade away all my future picks, and still pay on top two or three starters, even in a start nine, because I have no outs. I have no ability to go, hey, I don't really want to trade my 24 first, but if I had to, I'm okay doing it because I have Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. All I need is like one player or two players during the season, I can win the title if those guys stay healthy, right? In a deep league, I think that's where you start getting into the you know most people especially if it's like a 14 teamer most people don't even trade the elite quarterbacks but if they did it's really hard to find that team that is willing to still pay up and pay the price so i think those are the leagues you can probably buy the elite quarterbacks but that that's where i think you have to look at the price a little bit more stringently so that i kind of answered the question i kind of did it so i'll get your take on it and then i have some more thoughts on The most common one is like a 12-team start 10, 12-team start 11, kind of the one that's in the middle. I still feel like in those leagues, it's not deep enough to where I'm just going to trade away elite quarterback for three pieces, but it almost feels like that deal doesn't even get done because normally if someone wants to trade for my Josh Allen or my Patrick Mahomes, the only way I do it is if they're giving me back like another top eight quarterback. And a lot of times that defeats the purpose of why they're asking for mine in the first place. They already have one. They already have Trevor Lawrence. Are they really going to go pay five firsts for Josh Allen on a team they have Trevor Lawrence? No, they're probably just going to roll with the one and see if they can fill in their QB2 a little cheaper. So a lot of answers to that question, but I'll get your thoughts if you had any uh, initial impressions.
0: Yeah, so for me, it just, like you said, it depends on the league formats and whatnot. I think in, like you said, nine, uh, start nine, start ten. I think it's a little easier to be able to say hey I'm going to willing to trade a quarterback plus two first to go get that quarterback whatever the deal is but like you said start 11, start 12, start 13 and moving all of those picks plus another quarterback you know you start getting into the range where okay now I got to really think about it so Yeah, to the listener's question, I think it just really depends on the league format, what player you want to go for, um, and all that. So I think another one, too, um, another person um, asked us about um, a trade that they had done. Um, He got, this is actually the same listener, he got, um, he sent Lamar Jackson, he got back Matt Stafford, the 108, the 110, a 2024 first as well. So three first plus Stafford, the two oh two and a twenty twenty four second. So I mean he's giving getting three first, two seconds, and Matt Stafford for Lamar Jackson. And me me and you had different takes on it. I said I want I'll take the package side and you said the Lamar side.
1: Well, is that a start nine?
0: Uh, it doesn't say that's, that's if it's a start, it's a 12 team super flex is all he has on here.
1: Okay. So, I mean, that does matter if that's a start nine, I don't care about the two Oh two. I don't care about the second Matt Stafford is a guy that basically offers me nothing but at best replacement value value. Mm. So yeah, I'm getting three firsts. One of those first is the one Oh eight. One of those first is the one hundred ten. Right. So yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. You're getting three first Matt Stafford a second, you know, another second. It's a lot of value, but in a start nine, do you really want to do a six for one trade? Now in a start 13, the thing is, nobody's doing that in a start 13. Right. They're just not. I mean, I'll give you an example in a 14 teamer, 14 team start 12. This is one of ways deep in the C leagues. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: I traded. This is a lot. I thought I already had Pat Mahomes and I had kind of a top five team. And I had a lot of assets, but I didn't think I had enough to get over the the hump, right? I traded Kirk Cousins, Marquise Brown, 323 firsts for Lamar Jackson, and then a bunch of guys that ended up just being throw-in starters. At the time, they had no value. But in a start 12, I got back Zay Jones, Jarek McKinnon, Curtis Samuel. Three guys that I'm like, you know what? I can just throw those guys in, right? But they have really little dynasty value. But I figured they're just players that I can throw in. The picks all ended up being the picks ended up being the 111, the 113, and the 112. So a lot. I still gave up a lot for Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, Marquise Brown, and 323 first. But now, you know what? I have Marquise or I have Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes going into next year. So. It doesn't really upset me that I gave that up. And that's one of those formats where if I put those numbers on paper, you'd be like, man, you gave up a lot. You know, you give up Kirk Cousins and Hollywood Brown and 323 firsts. And you just got back Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar fucked me by not playing the rest of the year. I didn't win. I lost in the semifinals because of it. But I don't think even in that format, I I had any reservations about trading essentially four first plus value for Lamar Jackson. So in that regard, I mean, it's probably easier to do it on teams where you have a bunch of extra assets. You don't have to have like an absolutely dominant team, but let's say I have a team that's pretty above average and I have maybe an extra first. I have a couple extra receivers. I have three quarterbacks. I'm willing to throw one of them into a trade, like a Stafford or someone like that. Then I can get away with it. I'm, I'm fine. I have one deal a year where I can shoot my shot and go, I overpaid. But if I'm doing that type of deal and I'm giving up five pieces for one, even in a start 11, start 12, start 13, it, it better be a quarterback. You know, I'm never doing that for a receiver. I'm never doing that for a tight end. I'm never doing that for a running back. It's gotta be literally one of the top eight or nine quarterbacks. And that's what I mean when I say like, if they're available, you have to see if you can put to put together a package like that. In your league. If you don't have the ammo, if you have a middling team and you only have one future first and you're not sure if your team's going to be good or not, then yeah, you don't probably want to trade five firsts away for a quarterback. But if you're anywhere close and one of them becomes available, like I I think you just have to kind of push it to the point where the other guy goes, All right, this is my price. And if you don't want to meet it, you don't want to meet it. But I think the biggest key is finding out what the cost is going to be. Eric, what's the cost of your Patrick Mahomes? And you'll go, and now he's not available. And I go, what's the cost? What's it going to take? Everything on my team's available. All I'm trying to do is get you to a point where you tell me exactly what it's going to cost. And you know you have me by the balls at that point. You can ask for whatever you want. Worst thing you say is, well, you told me to name my price, and I named it, and you backed away. Okay. But I think that's what you got to do if you want to get one of these guys. And more often than not, like I'm guessing the other people don't ask for enough relative to roster construction.
0: Right. And uh, just talking about this more and more just makes me realize the best way to do this is just getting a startup and and just get two of these guys in the beginning, and then you don't have to do all this. (laughs) You know, you you say that, but... It seems like you don't have to give up as much during the startup. Like, if I give you my two, three, and a future first to get your first... Like, I I almost rather would do that than giving up, like, three first plus another quarterback, you know, once the league has already started and been through, like, a year.
1: I I agree, and that's why we've always said that if you get in a startup and it's a snake draft and you can give up your second, your third, and your fourth round startup pick, and someone gives you, like, a top eight pick back where you can now draft. Say you draw the 102. You take Josh Allen. And then the team at 108 is willing to trade their pick. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to take, you know, Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah, and all they to... want is your, your second, your third and your fourth. And a lot of times they're willing to give back a 10th, a ninth. Now on the surface, you know, those players are just going to be like placeholder players, but they're still players. They're still yeah. players that, you know, in a start 11, that could be a, you know, James Connor or someone like that. You know, I'm like, it's not a zero. So I think in the startup, yeah, if you can trade for the second elite quarterback in a startup, I don't care if I don't pick until round five or six, as long as I get kind of like an equal number of players back and I'm not giving up a five for one, that's fine. Maybe I'll do a three for two or a four for three, but man, as some of these deals where it's like, yeah, I gave up a two, three and four and I got a one and eight and a 10 that like 99% of the time, that's a win for the team that you just gave the two elite quarterbacks. Because a lot of times, especially this early in startups, so I urge anybody listening that's doing a startup now, this is the best time to do it. Because what month are we in right now?
0: January. All
1: right. So what what is something that you can say definitively about startups right now relative to next year?
0: i uh, not following what you're asking.
1: Well, I mean, it's it, right now is the least efficient in terms of people knowing what's going to happen oh, next okay, year. Oh, right? okay,
0: right, right, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: it's like, yeah, great, you got a round four startup pick and in, in, in I got a round eight. I guarantee we'll look at startups in August and go, holy shit, Eric, look who you took in the fourth and look who I got in the eighth. And they're the same today. Nope. You know, like that that can happen because you're drafting so far away from the season. So embrace the fact that, Anybody that goes, oh, I'm just going to trade back, trade back, accrue value, accrue value. I mean, as long as you're not giving up four or five picks for one, it's almost impossible for you to lose because you have nothing but you know, upside to take with those later picks because everyone's devaluing them because they think, oh, I know who to pick in the fourth and you're not going to get the same type of player in the eighth. And reality is we have no clue because we're still yeah. eight months away from the season. So my, my two rules in startups, get as many packs, picks back as you trade. And don't use your future first to move up. That's it. If you got to throw in a future second, a future third, whatever, try to get as many picks back as you can. So if you trade away three startup picks to trade up for one, you may not get back a high startup pick, but don't do a four for one. Get back a 10th, get back a 12th, get back an 11th. You know what I mean? Just get a pick back. Just abide by those two rules. And if you can move up and get the two elite quarterbacks, like you said, I mean... It's hard to do because everyone in your league is probably trying to do a similar thing. But I, I mean, I, I still think that's the dominant way to play it.
0: Yep, I agree with that. And like you said, I'm only I'm only trading multiple picks like that for the quarterback. I'm not doing it to like draft B. John Robinson or Saquon Barkley or any of the top receivers. I'm not doing you know, giving up multiple startup picks to move up to get one of those guys. I'm only moving up to get the quarterbacks. So I agree with you on that.
1: I mean, don't you see that sometimes in startups where somebody will like give away a fourth and a future first for a second, just so they can draft like CD lamb.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. You know what what I mean? it's like, like okay, Yeah. yeah,
1: you got a good player, but look how you got there. You had to give up all of your future leverage in January. You know, I can see it a week before the season when you're, if you're really, really confident that the guy you're trading up for is going to smash. But even then, like, I don't want to just be throwing away my future first, just to move up two rounds so I could draft a receiver and people do that shit. So jump in some startups, jump in some startups with some random people, head over to sleeper, find some randoms, make sure everyone pays and try a couple of these. I, I, dude, I'm tempted to just do one of these like every day, but then I realize how painful it is to get in a startup and you have to like fucking grind all the startup trades and you know, like it can be, you gotta be in the mood to do it, but there's definitely some ROI if you want to do it and do it right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to do it this year and you'll probably be okay with it because you want to do more best ball this year. So for best ball leagues, you can definitely, you know, do that because you don't have all that in season roster management really other yeah. than maybe wai- waivers and stuff. So for lineup leagues, yeah, like if I did a league every single week <laughs> from now until the start of the season, first I'd run out of money. Second, I'd, I'd lose my insanity when it came uh, September or whatever, 12th whatever the, the season starts, and I got to start uh, – I got to go through 75 leagues of lineups.
1: <laughs> well, and then, you know, we have um... – what do we have? Eight leagues that we commission now at this point? Yeah, and like that. we will be doing some. I have had some people reach out to me. They want to jump into some of our leagues. And I'm like, well, we're going to start up a couple more USFFLs, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to have some dispersal drafts. We got to get a can handle come on Come get our, our
0: orphans. Yeah, there you go. Or no, we. Our no, so,
1: yeah, seriously, I was just going to say, we got to get a handle on our orphans and our dispersals. And we'll probably set those up between now and the Super Bowl. We just have to get together and do it. But um, if you're interested, and I'm guilty, and I apologize to people that have asked me over the last month going, hey, I want to jump into a league with you and Eric, or I want to jump into a league that you guys are advertising. Uh, message me again, and I have a spreadsheet that I set up because I've I have ignored a lot of people that – not ignored, but literally you message me, hey, I want to get into a league with you, and then you're buried in my Twitter DMs like 60 down. I don't even remember you. And it's no slight. It's just, I don't write it down when I get those messages, but there have been people that have been like, Hey man, I want to get in a league with you. I'll take over a team, you know, like, and we'll have a lot of availability and we'll have some other leagues that are launching and stuff. So message me again, message Eric too. comment on the, the show post that we put out. Uh, but just let us know if you want to jump into a league, because we'll have some orphans, some discounted orphans. Uh, fuck it. We'll probably just give them, give away some teams for free. You know, like we want our leagues to be active and not, you know, ha- have you noticed? Yeah, I want to ask you down. this: Have you noticed that some of the people that have left our leagues, it, it's even, it's almost for the better that they've gone because they did nothing. They, yeah, you know, they don't even them, respond. Yeah. They, it's like, yeah. I, even if they left their team kind of in a shitty spot, I would rather pay or use part of the money that we've had, like rolled over in the pot from when people buy into the dispersal. I'd rather give somebody a free year if they're actually going to go in and be like, "All right, I have a strategy." You know, like, I'm going to try to beat you. Instead of just, sure, I'll take over a team. And then a year later, like, they don't even message or respond or anything. They just they then just do nothing. So I'd like to get some of our listeners in some of our leagues because I think they need some new, uh, some new blood in some of them. So just throwing that yeah. out there.
0: Yeah, and we definitely want to do more of the USFFL leagues that we've talked about on a previous episode. If you want to go back and listen to that episode for more uh, information on it, go ahead. Um, it's a lot to, like... If, if somebody just messages one of us on Twitter, it's a lot to explain to somebody like right off the bat because there's just a lot of nuances to it. So we've made videos and stuff on it. I can always send a link to the video um, to kind of explain it. But each league that we've done so far has been a little bit different. So each video might just be a little bit different. But most of the core principles of it um, are still there for the league. So we can always just send one of those videos if you're interested in one of these uh, USFFL. Uh, auction leagues, devi leagues, and then it turns into a snake league, uh, snake draft league at the end. So for the last, you know, uh, 20 roster spots or whatever you have. So it's been a lot of fun. We just finished one up. Um, that was a little bit of a pain in the ass. But it's uh, it turned out pretty good. Uh, me and Scott, uh, we're talking about our teams here a little bit before we started. So it should be a good league. I, th- I think both of our teams are are pretty good. We might we might meet each other in the finals in that one.
1: Yeah, except for it's January. So we
0: can get to yeah. August and, and we're like, and oh. then all yep. my guys blow an ACL here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you're interested in the USFL or USFFL ones specifically, uh, those are not for the faint of heart. They're not complicated but there there are some rules you do have to pay attention. This can't just be one where you're like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then when we need to reach you for something, we don't know how to reach you. Or you we can't get a hold of you. Like it's probably got to be people that are on the active side that are available in the chat every once in a while to, you know, be engaged because they are. There is a lot to it. If you if you fuck it up and you don't know what you're doing, you'll get you'll get trampled because there's, you know, eight sharks in the water that are looking for the fish you know what i mean
0: right and then you know just being able to be available during the day especially for like the auction stuff yep and then when we do the snake draft you know we only give you four hours to make a pick uh right now i mean we could always up that if if we ever needed to but i think four hours is just fine um you know, don't don't have, if you if you are available during the day to do that. You don't have like a a job that requires you not to have your phone with you at all times or something like that. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of fun leagues. I think I think we get more people interested into the to the league. Get the rules out there. More people will. You know, it's it's a nice way to get into devi too. Like it's not like. There's like 300 Debbie players in there or anything like that. It's only 36 Debbie's could ever be in the league total at any time. Obviously guys graduate from the NFL and um, you know, there comes more Debbie spots available. So there's only 36 spots uh, Debbie spots available at any time. So I think that makes it nice for people that have never played Debbie before to at least put your feet in the water and try it out a little bit and see if it's for you, if you like it or whatnot. And it gives you a reason to watch, you know, football on Saturdays, too. You know, you learn about these like I had no idea who Kendra Miller was. Now, Kendra Miller is probably one of my favorite prospects coming out this year. Um, You know, you're watching these quarterbacks that are coming in um, in these drafts, too. So, like, I didn't really know much about Drake May. Okay, now I'm watching Drake May this year and he's, you know, probably going to be one of the top. Uh, five draft picks in the 2024 class, you know, stuff like that. So you learn about the players a little bit more. And it's also fun to go back and look after a season two um, and see who didn't get drafted. Like, boy, are we dummies for not drafting this guy. Like now he's a super stud, like prospect. And none of us took him in, in the Debbie the year before. So there's always guys like that that come out of nowhere. Um, Like Drake may, I was just mentioning he's available and, both of our USFFL leagues that we did um from the previous season that we did uh before the NFL season started he's available in both of those leagues so nobody took him and now he'll be available in those leagues so you know it's you know it's a good good way to do it i like our playoff system you basically play for all your draft picks as well um you know, so you're playing till week 17 to determine, hey, I'm, you know I'm facing the guy for the 103 or the 104 spot. The winner gets the 103, loser gets 104. So I like that. It keeps people engaged. And I think for that reason, I know a lot of you guys like no trade deadlines. That gives you a reason to have no trade deadline because everybody is playing for something all the way up to week 17. So I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, that that correlates nicely with the no trade deadline because it really it makes it hard for teams, even if they're out of it, to say they have absolutely nothing to play for. Like there, it isn't one of those leagues where, you know, you're gonna have somebody necessarily just tanking and they're gonna give all their players to the teams that are playing for the championship. So, if you're interested in those, we'll probably fire another one up. Probably, um, I know Ray and I talked about probably after
0: one. the Super Bowl, after the MFL. Yeah, Bowl's pre
1: pre combine, um, post. Yep senior bowl, all that kind of stuff, just so we kind of have a new, a new set of uh, values like right before NFL free agency. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to get in a league with Eric and I and Ray, we're going to be in all of them. So you, you have a chance to play with us. We want to get some new people. Uh, probably we'll take some people obviously from the discord, but then, you know, we want to have a couple new folks that are from outside, you know, from different places. As long as you kind of fit the criteria, we'll talk to you for a little bit, make sure you're, kosher with the rules and can be active and stuff and um yeah just let us know if you're interested in that and we'll make a list of uh the people that want to get into those so yeah good stuff good stuff we'll be filling more teams so just let us know if you're interested in any teams and we'll uh jot a list down and we'll get you in some leagues so
0: for sure all right you ready for our main topic 40 minutes in (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that wasn't that bad we no we
1: we said an hour it'll probably go an hour and a half so yeah we're right on schedule
0: yeah All right, so this uh, show, we wanted to do it on because Scott talked about it on his uh, live stream on Sunday, and I talked about it a little bit in the newsletter this morning as well, uh, which is Friday morning. And that's the auto-accept trade block. Now, I don't want to say me and Scott invented this or anything like that, but we have kind of have uh, done it in our league since like 2016, 2017, something like that.
1: I'm going to I'm going to give us credit. I mean, like people don't necessarily know the background, but Eric and I have known each other for over half our lives. So, like we've been playing fantasy sports and sim sports and shit since, you know, well before there was Discord or GroupMe or Dynasty or you know what I mean? Like we've been we've been doing stuff together for a really long time, but I would say we we probably I mean, I can't say we invented it because it's not like we have like a patent. Yeah, that's day. what I'm we, saying. Yeah. I never saw it before you and I did it. And then no, I, I we were the first ones that. So I'll, I'll take credit that we started it. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, and there's some people too that when we start doing it, they're like, what the fuck is this? And like, kind of like how you were saying on the live stream, like, what the hell is this? This is stupid. But it's honestly, it's not really that stupid. So, I mean, I. I I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. You you kind of explained it pretty good on the on the live stream, but basically the auto accept trade block is a way for us to I don't want to say trade like spare parts and all that, but like to get some value um, for some players that are on our team that maybe we have a little of bit of an excess at um, trying to just thin out our portfolios on a certain player, maybe stuff like that. So. Basically, it's putting a player up on the trade block on um, MFL or sleeper, whatever league you're on. And MFL, you just go to your trade bait page and you can, you know, uh, click the checkbox on whichever player it is. Say it's, you know, like uh, this morning I used Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, and KJ Hamler. So I put those three guys as examples on there. Um, And you just click their checkbox and then I'll just write down Darius Slayton. Any 2023 third round pick. Then I'll go down again. Isaiah Hodgins, any 2023 second round pick. KJ Hamler, any 2023 third round pick, whatever it is. Um, And it's basically just giving a price on a player so everybody in the league knows hey, this is what I'm willing to accept for this player. If you're interested in it and you send me your pick and you get them, it's auto accepted. Um, but like Scott said, it's like basically going into a store and you go into Walmart and you go to buy a box of cereal, but there's no price on it. Okay. Well, you're not likely going to buy it, but if there's a price, obviously you're going to most likely say, okay, that's a pretty good price. And I like the cereal or whatever the product is. I'm going to go ahead and buy it. So, you Know it's, it's a way to, to put a price on players, you know, it, it could be stud players too. It's not like it's just like spare part players, um, as well. Like, I've I put um Alvin Kamara up for any 2023 first in the league, so you can do it for firsts, and seconds, and thirds, and fourths. Um, you can pretty much do it for any player in your roster that you're willing to part with, um, for, for some price. So, I usually, um You know, I have multiple different ways I do it. I kind of just honestly go through my roster, see what I have, what I don't have, what can I afford to move, and kind of just go from there. Usually is how I do it. I'll pick out, um, you know, any of the quarterbacks. Like, I'm usually not putting my quarterbacks up unless I have a a big surplus of them. Uh, But it's mainly for me running backs, receivers, tight ends. I'll go ahead and put them up. And just put up and just put a price on these guys and go ahead and and see if anybody's interested it's a good way to accumulate picks for the upcoming draft in 2023 sometimes I'll even put on there I'll take any um 2020 or uh, any second round pick so that could be 2023 or 2024 it doesn't matter especially if, if you' are in leagues with um where they have both years available for you um, that's another way to accumulate some picks for the for the next draft as well, and then we can use this currency during the season. We can buy those spot start running backs. Um, you can move up in the twenty twenty three rookie draft with some of these extra picks as well. You know, take two thirds and get a second somehow. You know, you can do stuff like that. So, just another easy way to free up some roster spots too, so you can go on your waiver wire and pick up. You know, any of these running backs on a 53, like we talk about, any maybe wide receivers that maybe slip through the cracks that you kind of like. Um, it's a good way, like we, we talk about roster-clogger receivers. If you have too many wide receivers that at least have some value that somebody else is going to value on their team and maybe like, you could pick up a couple extra thirds just by trading a, a K.J. Osborne or a Jarvis Landry for a third-round pick. And there you go. You got two extra third-round picks. You freed up two roster spots to go pick up two players. Um, and it's a win-win for everybody, I think. So uh, hopefully I explained it a little bit. Um, pretty decent there, but I'll let Scott jump in here and add his thoughts into it.
1: No, yeah, you covered the, the premise of why you do it. I mean, especially in the off season, it's the perfect time to assess your roster construction. It's the perfect time to assess what leagues maybe you had a season where, I mean, we've all been in leagues where there's, there's times in leagues last year. I didn't have the extra picks. You know, and maybe I had to pay a year ahead just to get access to my future picks, or I just didn't have a lot of picks to move. And I'm like, damn, I wish I would have been able to throw around an extra third, an extra second. You know, and it, it reminds you of okay, not every league are you going to be able to do this, uh, but it comes down to the pure value assessment, and obviously that is a moving target that changes when you get to January and February in the off season. The pure value of a player or an asset in February is different than what it is during the season. Everyone can understand that idea. When a player's scoring points, their value is different than what it would be in February of the next year, right? But you have to always assess the pure value. And it comes down to like the intrinsic value of something is basically, what does it cost? You walk into a store, what's the price? We do this every day, whether it's going into a store, whether it's going online, whether it's determining to buy a movie or an app or something like that, you see a price, you pick yes or no. I want it for that price or I don't. That's all the basic premise of the auto accept trade block is. We can all disagree or agree what the prices are, but that's why I think we laugh when people go, what the hell is this? Why are you doing that? Who cares? How many times have you seen something in life that's too expensive and you're just like, fuck it, I'm not going to buy it. But I don't berate the person for trying to charge what they are. I just don't buy it. You know what I mean? So it's it seems odd that people go, oh, you know, you're charging too much. Great. I, I mean normally I don't snap back at people, but I never understood the oh my God, you want a third for that player? He's terrible. Who cares? You know what I mean? Especially when you're talking like, you know, if someone says, hey, This box of candy is $3.99. You're going, no, it's not. It's only worth a dollar ninety nine. Like that's probably not the argument to yell at somebody over for what they're charging, you know? But that's the intrinsic value. That's just what it costs. Now, where you're getting that price from or whatever, that's a different debate. But that is what it costs. What you're really trying to benefit here is the extrinsic value of your asset. It is what am I gaining that is not reflective in that auto accept price? And that's what you were getting at. Okay, I'm charging this player for a third. Now, this doesn't mean don't buy things for picks or don't buy a couple players for a package of picks. But when Eric puts KJ Osborne or Jarvis Landry on the block for a third, the key to the auto accept trade block is your price is just enough that might get somebody else to buy. But it's not greedy enough to where someone goes, no, I don't want to buy it. Because then you've actually lost value there. Because really what you are aiming for is not only the third, but the roster spot, the flexibility, and the ability to bank that money in the form of the draft pick for a future use, right? You'd rather store your money in the form of a draft pick than 10 Jarvis Landrys, even though on paper they're equal, right? 10 Jarvis Landrys are worth 10 third round picks. But what's easier to move if in a pinch, you need to go buy something? you know, It's like having a bunch of junk in your closet. Sure, it might be worth 500 bucks, but if you need 500 bucks in the next hour, you don't have time to go sell all 10 of those things in your closet and get $500. Much easier if you just have $500 in your bank account. So that's literally all it is in dynasty terms. So really what people put the auto accept trade blocks are chasing is that extrinsic value. The flexibility, the liquidity, the picks that they can store for later use, the picks that are more flexible when it comes to moving around the draft board. I mean, anybody go try to move around the draft board and throw out, you know, a Tyler Boyd to move up six slots? Good fucking luck. I mean, that's not going to work because it's one player and it's dependent on the other person being like, yeah, I love Tyler Boyd. I'll do it. Like, that's way harder to do than go, hey, I'll throw a second in there. Like, that's, you're going to have a much better chance. Getting more deals done or being more flexible later on. And it still doesn't matter because we're not to the season yet. So I'd rather have all my picks or have my, all my assets in the form of picks until it really starts mattering, scoring points. So that's what you're chasing. And I think that's the biggest thing people miss with the auto accept trade block. I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot more people in our leagues have adopted it. But have you seen them put up auto accept trade blocks and you're like, what the fuck are these prices? You know, like everyone's overvalued okay, yeah, if you're putting everybody that's worth a second up for two seconds or a first, everybody that's worth a third, you want a second, it defeats the purpose. The purpose isn't to sell high. The purpose is to just sell because you're gaining something on the back end. And a lot of times it's a roster spot or the flexibility of using the assets later. So that I mean, that's basically what it is. And you know the spots. Go back and listen to our Warp episodes. I'm sure we'll do an updated Warp episode kind of talking about things. Mike and Adam have already started talking about like historic Warp on their shows uh, the last couple weeks. You know the ranges of players that are really flat. The wide receiver threes, fours, five, the running back twos and threes, the QB twos, almost all the tight ends outside of the top five or six. You know where those ranges are flat. That's where you probably want to pull a lot of your extra pieces and you go oh wow i have seven wide receiver threes and i have two top 10 receivers i don't need all nine of those i can probably sell a couple of those receivers that's what this week's destination dynasty is going to talk about is basically just go through every receiver and talk about you know where do they fit in this spectrum but that's the idea you know the ranges of where you're willing to kind of dump players because you go, yeah, that's not that hard of an asset to get back. I'd rather store a second round pick than wide receiver 45. And I'll just figure, hey, if I ever needed to replace that, I could go probably get it with a second round pick. That's it. So that's the logic behind the auto accept trade block. It's, uh, I think people overcomplicate it and they think we're trying to like, I don't know, it, gain an edge on them or whatever. It's literally just trying to optimize our roster and set us up for more flexibility in the off season. It's that, it's that simple. Yep. So I don't know if you had anything else to add, but it, it literally isn't trying to take advantage of people. It's just an innovative way that, you know, some leagues it works, some leagues, it doesn't. I mean, you put a bunch of them up early this week. Have you gotten any deals done?
0: Not a one,
1: not one. Do you think it's just uh
0: actually, I, I take that back. I did get one. Um, in our fantasy scouts league I traded uh Sean Tucker for a first.
1: I saw that. I saw that.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's a, and that's a start one running back league yeah. and it is very heavy devi depleted. Um but I think you know Tucker I don't I don't I don't know if he's going to get second round, third round draft capital. He could easily be a fourth, fifth, sixth round guy. And I think I went out on that with a with any first and I can take whoever there. So um, I thought I won out on that one.
1: Well, and just, let me just add you, add it's, to fair. This, it's, it's fair, but let me
0: add to this equation.
1: I mean, I'm looking at your team in that league and you have 11 draft picks. Yep. So that's 11 Debbie spots that you got to fill. Yep. And currently you are carrying another. I had 15. 13, yeah. You have 13 Debbie players. So you're already at a roster crunch to where it's like you're, you don't even have room to add 13 or 11 more devies. So the pick gives you basically another two or three months to buy time and maybe make another deal. You know what I mean? Like that's part of what you gained there. It's not that Sean Tucker is worth less or more than a first. It's like you got the first, but now you have an extra first that you can throw around and it's like, maybe you don't even make that first. Right. but you bought yourself some time. And that time is, is the benefit of why you did that deal. Right? Like right. the other guy could win that deal,
0: yeah.
1: you know, but what you gained was not the pick. It was, yeah. Hey, my, it, it, and it's the same as when roster cutdowns get here. We usually cut our rosters down around the Super Bowl. There's always going to be people that are like, yeah, I have 16 IR players. I need to cut eight players. I mean, it's probably too late at that point, but part of your auto accept trade blocks in some of these leagues, you posted them part of what you're probably gaining is you're going to have to cut guys when it comes to IR cuts. Right. So like if you can dump one or two players, it ain't even worth the pick of what you got. It's the fact you that's one less player you have to cut later. So there's little things like that that not everybody sees. And I think people just bitch to
0: bitch. Yeah, pretty much. And I think uh, like you said uh, as well, one of the, key important parts of it is just don't be crazy with your prices like you can kind of go to keep trade cut or wherever and just you know where these guys are valued like i'll just pull up one from another league that i'm in and i'll just give a couple examples like this guy put up nick Foles for a third like i'm you'd have to give me a third to take nick Foles. like he should just be he yeah should he's just worth be roster spot yeah, so don't don't even have him on there. I would just cut him. Um he has George Pickens for a first and a second. Like he's he's probably worth maybe a first, but I'm not giving you a second on top of it. No way. Yeah. Like unless it's an elite receiver, like if I can get back you know, I don't know, uh, Stephon Diggs and get, and give you a first and second. I'll do that, but not for George Pickens. Like, asking for a first, okay, that, that's fine. That's fair, but not with the second on top of it. And then uh, Mike White for a third, kind of the same thing with Nick Foles. Like, not giving you a third for, for that guy right now. You know, if, maybe if he gets the starting job, you know, obviously his value is going to go up to probably a second. Um, but, yeah, just stuff like that, like, you know i i did mine and it's a lot of them are just you know guys that are um you know second third round players like i don't put up a lot for first round players like i just i don't trade a lot of those guys but like just ex- some examples of the ones i personally did like i put up chase claypool for a second and a third i think that's fair i traded i got him last year for um i traded my first for him i think i had the 109 it just didn't work out um, but I'd take a second and a third for Claypool, a third round pick for Corey Davis, a second round pick for Alan Lazard, a second round pick for Odell Beckham. Uh,
1: yeah, I'll stop you on that one. That one's that one's dog shit. But
0: that's okay. You're allowed to
1: have some where you're a little different. Yeah,
0: there's some I'm a little different on. I just think if if I'm going to trade him for a third, I might as well just hold on to him because he is Odell Beckham, you know. I'll give him up for a second, but for a third, I might as well just hold on to him and see what happens.
1: Yeah, and I'm not going to – I looked at most of the ones because a lot of the leagues that did, did his auto-accept trade block, he, he's in with me. I looked at him. I would say 80% of yours. I'm like, okay, yeah, that I, I get it. There's probably 20% where I'm like, yeah, no chance you're getting that, but that's okay. the The point is the auto-accept should not be used as a way to sell high. And a lot of people use it that way. You see their auto accepts and it's like, dude, every one of their players is like 20% over what the fair market would be or not even the fair market. It's just, you know, if you put up George Pickens for a first and second, the only person sending that is a fish. So you kind of have to assume everybody else is on the same page with you. And if they are, they're not sending those deals where you know you're pricing them out. So every once in a while, I'll put a player up, and I'll sneak a player in there that I'm maybe overvaluing a little bit relative to market price, that's okay. But the majority of these should be what's fair. And honestly, there's sometimes where I'll even go 10% below the market because I want to dump an asset in this range because I have too many of them. You know, I have six Corey Davis types on one team. I don't want that many. It, it's hurting me having that many because that's one less running back I can draft or one less running back that I could pick up. I don't know how many times this year I looked at Paris Campbell, Corey Davis, those types and go, dude, I wish I could add like Justin Jackson off waivers, but instead I got fucking Corey Davis and Corey Davis is too good to cut, but I'm sitting there going, how do I free up a roster spot for a running back? So I know that's a little bit of a, like an antiquated example. Cause it's from last year, but that's the point is figuring out your roster construction. That's why I did the roster construction series. You don't have to follow it religiously, but have something, have a direction that you're aiming for in the off season. And that's why these auto accept trade blocks are so beneficial because it's not just, and here's the other thing that's cool about it. Some leagues, a lot of people like this. They like seeing auto accept trade blocks. Like you don't, you, you You'll probably admit this. There's times where people have put up auto accept trade blocks and you you send a pick, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's you've happened. done it before. Yeah.
1: It, and, and part of it is when you see something and you want it and it's a reasonable price and you've justified it in your mind, all you have to do. I mean, how many times have you talked about how much you hate trading with people? cuz you, you have to my talk day of to them. Yeah. Exactly. You have to talk to them or you have to send an offer and then it's a fair offer and then they decline and they give you some bullshit reason about how that player's the greatest thing since sliced bread and they want you to add a second and then you get pissed off and then you say fuck trading. I mean, I've heard yeah. this story a million times from <laughs> and Eric. And I
0: send the screenshot to Scott and be like, "This dude's on fucking drugs." <laughs> Yeah.
1: But the point is you see an auto accept trade block and it's a guy you kind of like maybe more than me or more than the person trading them away. You know, you can get that player within five seconds if you send the offer. And a lot of people are enticed by that because that's just how they want to play. They want something now. They know they need another running back five and they go, Ooh, I like Jarek McKinnon. I'll give you a third. I'm going, I mean, Jarek McKinnon was fine, but it's June or it's, July. And he's not on a roster yet. You know what I mean? So that's fine. You can have him for the draft pick. So people like the fact that they can just walk into a store and buy something that they want and they know how much it's going to cost. And they make the decision in the split second. Hey, I'm willing to pay that price. So that's the, it's the psychology that you're appealing to other people. You get in active leagues. I know you don't like sleeper, but sleeper, you can make it real easy. You just update the nickname of the player and it pops right into the main chat. Everyone in the league can see it. MFL, it's a little harder because they have to actually click on your trade bait if they don't have the notifications on. But what can it hurt? But the idea is if you're going to post an auto accept trade block, uh, do find a formatter. Uh, I don't know which formatter you used. I don't know if you use the one that I sent you. I, but
0: I just know HTML, so I, okay, I just yeah. do it on my own. So I if you just know H- do... <clears throat> I just do uh, shift and then the little arrow arrow left and arrow right keys. So arrow left, BR, which is line break or what we call it in HTML world or just break or whatever. You just put the little arrows left, BR, and then the uh, arrow right. And you do that and that'll break down a line. It'll go down a line in the HTML.
1: Yeah, and Eric just spoke a uh, foreign language. So I will send Eric the formatter that I use and literally all you do is type in the name and you hit format to HTML and it does the entire thing exactly on at like MFL. All you have to do is literally do like do Corey Davis slash third and then space and do it. And it'll literally format it and you just paste it into your trade bait. If you're using MFL, it's very easy Uh, And then sleeper, you just update the nickname. So Um, try it. That's
0: the lazy lazy way, or you can do my caveman way of old school HTML and doing all that.
1: Listen, I'm all about efficiency. I only have 168 hours in a week. And, you know, at least a fourth of that has to be spent sleeping, ideally. And uh, the rest is my real job and content. So that's, uh, (laughs) I, I need to save as many seconds as I can. And I don't have time sitting here in the dark hitting, you know, br line break i just type it into a <laughs> formatter so there you go do it whatever way you want but try it for sure
0: yeah yep that's fair final Anything thoughts else? on any yeah, of that I just, yeah I, I have i was gonna say one when, when do you think are the, are the best times to do these like obviously i did some this last week or this week um and I haven't had many bites on it. I just think maybe people are just kind of zoned out, don't really care too much about fantasy football just because the season ended. They're kind of burned out, worn out, or whatever. Um, so I did, I did did them then, but I haven't gotten any bites. So whatever. But maybe around combine season, maybe when MFL flips over, uh, obviously before the draft, anything like that. I know any times that you found that worked the best for you.
1: Yeah, I think uh, probably after the Senior Bowl, when MFL flips over after the Super Bowl, especially when the picks how now have a, a firm number, it's very easy for you to say 204 to 210, you know, something like that. Or as we start hearing more words about what's going to happen in free agency and stuff like that's where I think people start to tune back in. I looked at a lot of the auto accept trade blocks. Now, this might be just be how I run my teams. And maybe it's people are getting a little smarter too. Like we've had a lot of people in our leagues that we know five years ago, they played a certain way and now they don't play the same way. They've gotten smarter. They, they understand it doesn't make a lot of sense in, in many cases to be trading draft picks for players that are in these ranges unless it's a clear value. So I think if you're going to do the auto accept trade blocks now in the next month or so, you have to have that extrinsic value scale higher on your end. It has to be more like I want to get rid of this player versus I'm trying to sell this player what I think the square cost is because there's just not a lot of buyers of that type of thing right now. So I think it'll pick up as we get to combine season and free agency. I think the whole market will shift again. People will start looking at actually building their teams again for next year. Uh, But it's just really hard to do it right now because a lot of the ones where you're asking for a second People just they don't have the need to do that right now because it feels like why is Eric's auto accept trade block on Tyler Lockett gonna be any different in two weeks than it is now? You know? Right, right. But you never know what the hell that could happen with the guy. You know what I mean? Like there's just no incentive to do it right now. So I think it'll pick up. But yeah, I think now, um after the combine after NFL free agency, I think is a good time because there's a lot of values on players that changed, but you haven't had the draft information yet. So you could kind of find a window where it's like, Hey, if I still think this team is going to do X, Y, and Z in the draft, I'm maybe my value is a little bit different than yours. And then throughout the summer, when it's dead period, when people are starting to come back and look at their rosters and go, okay, it's July. I have nothing else to do. The NFL takes a dead period from like, end of June, early July, there's like that three or four week period where there's like nothing before training camp start. That's a good time to do it. Cause people start getting bored and they're looking at their teams going, Oh yeah, I, I think I can make a run this year. I'm willing to buy that quarterback for a second. I'm willing to buy that running back for a second. Like, I think that's when you can do it too. And right, you know, like, like you said, the best thing to have is extra picks during the season. Look mm-hmm. how crazy these seasons are, man. Like, but if you just said I have a bunch of picks in the last four weeks of the year, and there's no trade deadline, how many players down the last month of the the, the last month of the season were guys you were like, holy hell, if I knew that guy's going to be fantasy relevant, I wish I would have saved my picks. You know, yeah. that you wish you could have bought some Brock Purdy's or guys like that. You know, if you yeah. just had her, I didn't want to pay a second. But if I had five of them, I might have done it.
0: Yeah, if you so, would have paid like a. Second or a third for Tyler Alzier down the stretch. He probably won you some weeks. He had some big games there at the end. So, yeah.
1: And I think we don't D- appreciate D-Dade how Foreman. much, yeah. yeah, how much changes between week one and like week 16 and don't assume you're, you're good to go with no money in the bank. You know, you want to have a little bit of a savings before every season. So that, that's full circle. I think, you know, the periods of when your leagues are most active and it's probably then,
0: right. Yeah, no, like you said, free agency I think is a big one around there. People start getting more active. And then I think around um, when you have roster cuts due, you know, like the week before that, free up some extra roster spots. You know, Maybe it's not a guy you want to trade, but, hey, it frees up a roster spot for you. Uh, you get a draft pick for it, and you get that free roster spot so where you don't have to cut somebody that you do like. Um, you That's a good one point. One of the, the rookies too.
1: So. The- the cutdowns is a great point. I think that's definitely one where you you know when someone else is against the wall and they have to dump a player, you know, I think you can definitely find some deals there.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, well, before we get out of here, are you ready to play America's favorite game before before we get out? I am ready, yep. All right. So, I I came up with this one uh while we were talking there. And we got the Pro Bowl coming up. We got you know, NHL All-Star Game, NBA All-Star Game is coming up. So what is your favorite All-Star Game activity for any of the sports? Do you like, do you like Home Run Derby the most? Do you like something in the NHL? The three-point contest, dunk contest?
1: Man. Yeah, that's a good one, man. That's a. I I will say that I used to enjoy NBA all-star game the most.
0: Yep. Same back
1: in the day. Like I used to love watching the skills competition and the three point competition and the dunk contest to end the night. Like back in the day I always used to watch those, even when I was in and out of in the NBA. You know, I'm kind of like, you know, a little bit into it. I'll watch because I'm a big basketball fan, but you know, it's not the same as it was even like five years ago, 10 years ago for me. So I still like the three point contest though. Cause I think that is the, the one thing that just doesn't change. It's the same thing. You know, you get 25 shots and anybody can replicate it. You know, like I'm, I, I could never dunk, but I can shoot. So that's one of the things I would always do on my own. Like I'd literally go to like the rec center and I would just do my own like three point competition at the local rec center. I literally set up like the racks of balls. And we never had like 25 balls, but I'd set up as many as I could and literally do the same thing. Like that's something that everybody can just do. And you can also measure how good people are from year to year to year. You know, it's the same exact thing. There's no difference. So I, I I would just say that like, if I had to watch one contest and I could literally just watch player after player, after player, it would be shooting. That'd be a three point contest.
0: Yeah, I think I I have to agree with you. As one of my favorites is the three point contest. Um, always having just just seen some like just crazy performances. Like, I mean, I know everybody right now. Steph Curry, obviously, he's the one of the best shooters of all time. Um, but like even like during our childhood, like Paige Gasolovic for the Kings, that dude could just rein him in. He was he won a couple three point contests. Um, for the Cavs, Wesley Person, that was the, for a couple years there. He was just a three point gun shooter, man. He was awesome. Ray Allen, obviously, was one of the best three point shooters. So, yeah, I always liked that. I always liked the gut dunk contest as well. But as you got more into like the modern day ones, like, you know, from now and, you know, till, I don't know, whatever, there's just been so many dunks that have done, like, it just repeats at this point. Like there's just so many things that people have done already. That's like almost repeats at this point. So I think the dunk contest has kind of lost its luster a little bit. Um, kind of just because of that. Like you can still have some iconic moments and iconic dunks once in a while, but I think that's kind of just died down a little bit. Um, obviously the home run Derby, everybody loves that. Just watching dude just crush balls. Um, Vlad Jr. a couple years ago, Pete Alonzo, um, just so many, so many good ones, and you can just kind of remember in your head too of ones. I remember the the first big one was um, that just went had had a crazy tear. I remember Josh Hamilton when he was with the Reds. I think it was at Yankee Stadium, wasn't it? When he had crushed all those ones, that was a big one. Um, but there, yeah, there's so many ones. But I think my favorite and most underrated one. And I wish they – I mean, I I think they still do it a little bit. Um, I wish they did it more often because back in our day, they had the skills competition for the NFL players. They'd do like the 40-yard dash. They'd do like the, the bench press. Uh, but my favorite one was the quarterback accuracy one with the targets that would move, and you'd have them throw it, and they'd have, like, the chalk on the ends. Like, the, they had the um, the old-school quarterback club ones, and the quarterbacks would do s- cool stuff, so it'd be just the quarterbacks down in Hawaii just throwing the ball at, at these moving targets and stuff. Um, Dan Marino was fucking great at that. Um, that dude would just throw lasers. Um, I wish I wish the NFL would get back into more of that and showcasing, like... I know, like right now, they do like the dodgeball and the uh, the course and all that kind of stuff. I wish they would just kind of just get back to like, you know, just showcase the quarterbacks a little bit with these um, accuracy drills. Um, do the forty yard dash. Like, I-, I want to see Tyreek Hill and and Jalen Waddle and all these guys that are just super fast go at it and see who's the fastest man in the NFL. Um, kind of have those kind of, again, who's the strongest guy in the NFL? Just do like these crazy bench press ones or squatting or whatever. Um, just stuff like that. I think that would bring some more excitement back to to that. Um, the NHL has a couple cool ones. Obviously the hardest shot when like you have Zidane Chara hitting 111 mile an hour fucking slap shot at you. Uh, that's always cool to see. Uh, the fastest skater challenge too, just to see those guys like... Go around the rink in like nine seconds. It's like crazy how fast they go sometimes. So just a couple of those ones, but I I would say my favorite one was always like the quarterback challenge, the quarterback club, um, back in the day throwing throwing the balls at the targets. Those were always my favorite.
1: Yeah, I mean you go back to uh, I, one that I I just thought of while we were talking about this is, you kind of go back to the old school, events where you're just showcasing like an individual skill you know, like highlight just individual football skills. You can get creative, you know, you can maybe do some some different skills with receivers or quarterbacks or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be the same two or three things, but just highlighting like the individual skills of players. Like you can easily take the best receivers and just do like a sideline toe tap challenge where how many of those catches can you make in a certain period of time? And you have balls going in like a certain radius And they're just making like one handed catch or you know what I mean? Like just something like that. You could easily do a competition like that. And then, you go back to even the home run derbies. Like I remember watching some of the old home run derbies from like the fifties and sixties with the Yeah, legends. I remember
0: watching those. Yeah. They had it on the, the TV show. I forget what the hell it was called, but it would just be like no fans, no nothing. It, it was called home. Like...
1: It was called home run derby and it was just black yeah. and white. And it was like yep. two, two players and that was yeah. it. And it was a, an announcer that would just quietly be out there. And then he would literally like talk to the guys, you know what I mean? And it was, yep. there was no fans. It was just, yep. you know, I remember seeing one that with like Henry Aaron and Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle. And I was like, do that kind of thing today. Like bring back that nostalgia and put out, you know, a couple superstars in baseball. Like that's one of the things about baseball is like a lot of people go, I don't even know a lot of the players, you know, like do stuff like that. And it's, would it get boring just over and over and over and over? It's like home run or bust. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is like a lot of people don't have the attention span for just a nuanced, like, throwing contest you know they would get bored there has to be bells and whistles with everything but right anyway that go going back to the old school
0: yeah like hockey last year did some cool ones um they did it in vegas last year and they did it on the bellagio fountains and they had to like shoot Uh, They did it at nighttime, so the pucks, like, uh, lit up. So they had to, like, light them up first with their stick and then shoot them into these, like, um, across the Bellagio fountains and land on, like, this little pad. It was pretty cool. I thought that one was cool. Then they did, like, a um, one where you had to, like, it showed you, like, playing cards and, like, try and get blackjack with the playing cards, and you had to, like, shoot your your uh the pocket like the ace or uh king whatever you needed to get 21 or whatever so they did stuff like that just for like accuracy stuff so like they're they're getting a little bit you know better with some of the stuff but especially football like i think basketball like theirs is pretty you know stuck in place you know that theirs is what it is baseball it's, it's just a home run derby hockey's tried a couple things uh but nfl really could use um some help there like just get all these quarterbacks there and and you know get tom brady out there pay him a hundred thousand dollars from a sponsor i don't give a shit get him out there throw some balls around get brady out there you know even if you bring back some legends like that could still throw like i'm sure peyton manning can still throw out there eli manning can still throw roethlisberger can still throw like get some of these guys out there like maybe you do like You know, the Hall of Famers versus like the new school guys, like let's watch Brett Favre and Peyton Manning and and these guys go up against Josh Allen and Mahomes and stuff. I think another one, too, that I mean, it's not really um, like an all star game, but like even with golf, with what they're doing with the um, the match or whatever that, that they usually do, like they'll have, you know, Tiger Woods and and. Tom Brady are on a team and Aaron Rodgers and somebody else on a team. Like, I think that's pretty cool too. I, I've been watching those when they do do them. I think those are pretty cool. And they get, you know, Charles Barkley and a couple of the other guys on the announcers and they're talking to the guys while they're playing. Like even you just bring back just like legends like that. Like get Michael Jordan out there, have Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan just bullshitting and talking shit to each other while, while they're, you know, doing it. So that kind of stuff I enjoy.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing uh, a couple of days ago someone posted the races act from the eighties where like Daryl Green was racing Herschel Walker,
0: yep. and
1: then they re- the winner raced Rod Woodson. Like, yep. wouldn't wouldn't you love to see, you know, like a Tyreek versus Jalen Waddle race or something like that? Yeah, like, they would never they saying. would never do it because people would complain. Oh, what if a guy gets injured? You know yeah. what I mean? But like that that kind of thing would be pretty fun to see. Yeah,
0: I just wish we could get back to that. So like where these guys would just do it to like, I want it to like mean something like the fastest man in the NFL, like Daryl green took fucking pride in that, like being the fastest man in the NFL. Like he had that as a badge of honor. Like I would, I'd like to think Tyree kills the fastest dude in the NFL, but maybe he's not. Maybe Jalen Waddle's faster or somebody else is faster. You know, I want to see that kind of stuff. I think fans like kind of seeing like, like wow, this guy's that fast. Um, you know, I, I love seeing like the, the target competitions when they go for like that impossible, like 40, 50 yard moving target and fucking Dan Marino dots it right in the fucking middle to win the win the round, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, I just miss that kind of stuff. I wish they would bring it more back.
1: Yep. Yeah, maybe they will. We'll see. At some point, they're just going to cancel. I mean, the this Pro year Bowl. they're
0: well, yeah, they're doing fucking flag football this year with it. Like, yeah. just do, like, a cool skills competition for a day. Don't even do the stupid game. No flag football. Um, Just do a, a cool skills competition and do competitions for each, you know, skill set or or something like that. You know, I think that would be pretty fun. Or even, like, God, like, let's see uh, let's see linebackers throw the fucking football. I don't care. You know, let's, let's watch Devin White go out there and try and hit a 40-yard bomb pass in the middle. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, that would
1: be cool. There's a lot of receivers and running backs that claim they played quarterback in the past, you right. know what I mean? But throw do a non-quarterback quarterback skills challenge and see who, you know, which which wide receiver truly is the best quarterback, you know? There's probably some yep. you're like, "Damn, that if that guy would have played quarterback from high school on, he probably could be an NFL starter." You know what I mean? Like Yeah. That'd be cool to see. But anyway, yeah, we could go on like and on, but I, it, I this is a good topic to rant about mostly.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, so many different memories and stuff, too. Like, I'm sure we could go on and on about dunk contests that we've seen that we've liked. Like, obviously, Vince Carter when he destroyed the competition, I think it was like '96. Uh, Aaron Gordon for the Magic a couple years ago, Nate Robinson from the Knicks when he did his dunk contest and won. Obviously, Michael Jordan's famous contest. So, yeah, we can go on and on and on and on about those. So, yep. So, all right. Well, that is going to be it for this week for us guys. Uh, you can follow me at Eric Vanek NFL on Twitter, and you can also follow the show at America's Game Pod. Make sure you guys check out all the other podcasts on there on the Destination Debbie Network. Just search for Destination Devi in your podcast feed, and you'll get all of our shows every single week um, to your podcast feed and you'll get all the other shows too. There's Gene and Ike do a show. Adam and Mike do their own show. So make sure you guys tap into that. Um, And check us out every single week. Pretty good um, group of guys there. Lots of good info for you. Uh, The newsletter uh, allgas.beehive/slash subscribe. Make sure you guys check that out every single Friday. Putting out some really good stuff. Um, This this week's um, newsletter was really really good. A lot of good info, especially coming up on um, combine season. And everyone's declared now. We know who's coming out. There's going to be a lot of good info in there, um, analytic info that JB does as well that comes out in there. So a lot, a lot of good stuff. So make sure you guys check that out. And then, Scott, what do you uh, you got going on for Destination Devi this week?
1: So, yeah, so this is going to be another wide receiver show. I'm going to really try to dive into some of the specifics in terms of wide receiver tiers talk some best ball, talk some lineup. What's the difference between the two? I've gotten a lot of questions about, you know, well, roster cloggers aren't roster cloggers in best ball and vice versa. So uh, definitely we'll have uh, more talk on that too. been uh, talking with Adam about doing some crossover with uh, 4D chess on best ball and non-best ball roster construction. Uh, I think so. Nothing finalized yet, but if you like the destination dynasty shows that I did on roster construction uh, stay tuned. Cause I think we're going to do some best ball stuff on that as well. Cause it's different, you know, and I'm trying to learn more about best ball. Those are, those are probably two of the best resources on best ball. Cause that's primarily what they focus on. Uh, so kind of doing some crossover and some, uh, mix in on, on their show, talking about best ball roster construction, uh, should be fun. So stay tuned with that. And, uh, Subscribe to the Destination Devi Discord if you would like. If you want more opportunities to interact with us and Ray and the crew, and maybe jump in leagues with us, you got a better shot of that if you're in there because you may miss stuff that, you know, we may not post elsewhere. So it's uh, Patreon.com/slash/AllGas. bunch of different tiers you can join. If there's a Heisman opportunity that opens up, uh, it's just it's worth it to jump in there it's worth it i mean if this is something that you're a degenerate about it's worth it so if one pops up but you got to be in the discord first you got to jump in over there and uh, see a lot more of information over there as well so with that we'll go ahead and sign off till next week america's game episode 28 is in the books and we will see you on the next episode